This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. This morning, I want to talk about money, and that can be uncomfortable uh, to, to talk about money and specifically how we maybe spend our money or how we feel about money, and, and I realize that, and uh, fortunately, the scripture has guidance and has teachings uh, about money and about our finances, and, and so what I want to do is simply look at what the scriptures have to say. I've titled our lesson this morning, The Perils of the Rich. And you might imagine that we're going to read a lot of Proverbs this morning because Proverbs has a lot to say about a rich man or, or about money in general. And I didn't want to do that. And so this morning we're, uh, we're going to, for the most part, stay out of Proverbs. Uh, and we're going to look at three perils that the rich face or three perils that we face uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to money. And, and we'll talk about those in just a moment, but I felt that the most important thing for us to do to begin was to define who is rich. Now, this, this might be part of it that, that can be uncomfortable for us, um, but I think it's very important that we understand who the Bible is talking about. For example, uh, a, a verse that we're going to read later in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 says that they that will be rich will fall into the temptation and the snare of the devil. And so who is this? It's, it's very important that we understand who that is. Are you the person who's, who's rich that will fall into the temptation and snare the devil? It's important that we understand this number. And so I'm going to ask you to examine yourself and, and, and answer this question for me in your own mind. Are you rich? Are, are you rich? It's important to understand because it will matter later on, later on in our study. It matters in our lives. If, if we're this person who the Bible may be talking about in several different areas, then, then we need to know. So are you rich? You know, I asked myself this question as I began to put this lesson together. Am I, am I rich? And my first immediate answer was no. I'm certainly not rich. Look, look at me. How, how can I be rich? And then I began to ask some other questions. Is there a dollar amount that makes a person rich? You know, so uh, I talked about this, this, verse, this verse in 1 Timothy chapter 6 where it says that they that will be rich and uh, that they're the ones who might fall into this temptation. And so it, it appears to me that there is people who are rich and there is people who are not rich, right? Now, is there a dollar amount? Is, is there a threshold that once you reach this dollar amount, you are rich and you now can fall into this temptation that, that we read about. And then anybody below that threshold, they, they can't. They're, they're not rich, and they, can't, they don't fall into that temptation. They're not uh, subject to that snare of the devil. Maybe, that, maybe that's a million dollars. I don't know. Maybe it's $100,000. Maybe it's $1,000. I, I don't know. But is, is there a dollar amount? You know, that doesn't, that doesn't seem like it, 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 it's, it has to do with a dollar amount in my mind. I, I don't know. Maybe you might disagree with me, and we can talk about this later. But, 
That seems weird that anybody with $999,000, they aren't rich and they don't fall into the snare of the devil. But anybody past that number, okay, now you're rich and you can fall into this temptation. Well, maybe it's different for each person. You know, there's people here with families. They have children to feed. They have more bills to pay. And, and maybe what could be rich for, for Matt and Bronwyn and what's rich for me is, is two different things. It may take less money for me to be rich than them. They got two boys to feed. It costs a lot of money. Does that seem, does that seem like what, what's going on here? I, I, don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true either. Maybe it is. A really important question, does rich only mean money? We're going to read another example here in just a moment in Luke chapter 12. And, and we're, going to, we're going to see what the Bible has to say about what rich is. But I think we get a, a really good glimpse in 2 Samuel in the 12th chapter. And, and, and disregarding what's going on here, they're, they're talking about a rich man and a poor man. And I want to understand the difference between these two people here. There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb. Money doesn't even come up here. We have a rich man and we have a poor man and we know nothing about their finances. That seems very, very interesting to me. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with money at all when you define who is rich and who is not or who is rich and who is poor. And then I begin to think about, uh, you know, what about in comparison to, to the people in Nigeria that, that we see dad bring some pictures of or, or maybe any other third world country. You know, the, the average household income in the United States, I believe, is somewhere between fifty dollars and $60,000. And dad, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you can go to Nigeria with fifty dollars or $60,000 a year and live like royalty, right? So... Uh, is it, is it relative to where you live? Is that who's rich? Or, or to, to uh, just simply your income as a comparison of the whole world? We, we like to think about uh, these guys like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, and we go, man, they are rich. And in reality, they're mind-numbingly rich. It, it, it's not even comparable how much money these kind of people have, and I don't think that is who necessarily or specifically the Bible is talking about. I submit to you for the purposes of our sermon this morning and for the purposes of what the scripture talks about that almost everybody that you know is rich. That, that I am rich and, it, and it's not even close. I, I'm considered amongst the world and probably given the Bible's definitions and, and how the Bible talks about money, I am a rich man. And my guess is that you are probably a rich person as well. And you probably, when I asked you a moment ago, are you rich? You probably said no. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. That was my knee-jerk reaction that I'm not rich. And, and whenever I got to thinking about these questions, I realized how rich I truly am. They say, and somebody, somebody said it in the foyer a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that, that the average person today lives better than all royalty did a couple thousand years ago. You know, we, we, have better, we have better homes. As I mentioned a, mile, a while ago, uh, and the scriptures clearly agree that, that rich doesn't necessarily mean money. It's not talking about your 401k. It's not talking about the cash that you have in your bank account. 
What it seems to me is that the Bible refers to those who are rich and those who aren't with the stuff that they have. And whenever I begin to think about myself, I, I look out outside my, my home that's multiple bedroom, multiple bathroom home. I look out and I see multiple nice cars. I've got, I carry around a, a $1,000 phone in my pocket everywhere I go. And I say, no, I'm not rich. <laughs> I don't have, I'm not a rich man. <laughs> oh, here we go. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 8, in this same chapter that talks a lot about money, it says, and having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And I don't know if, if, we're tr- if, if the scriptures are trying to give us a definition here, but it seems to me that anybody who's got more than they need are rich. That anybody who has more than they truly need in life is, is a rich man, is a rich person. And you might found it silly that I wanted to talk about that for so long and that I wanted to define the word rich the way that we did this morning. But I think it's important that, that now as we look throughout our study this morning and we talk about these three perils that the rich face or that surround money or those who, who are rich, that we understand that, that this very well, very well could be talking about you and I. So I want to look at three examples. One of them is a scenario that can happen within the church in James chapter 2. Another one is, uh, and that's when you're around people who are rich. The next one is if you are rich or if you have an abundance in life. And we're going to look at that in Luke chapter 12, I believe. And then the third one is if you desire to be rich. And we're going to go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6 to look at this. Finally, it's important to understand that the Bible tells us what to do. The word peril means an immediate or imminent danger. And that's who the rich are, that's what the rich are up against. Immediate and very dangerous and real uh, problems. And I think that we face these problems, especially with where we live and what we have today. So as we get started in James chapter 2, we're going to read the first nine verses of this chapter today. It says there, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. James starts out this chapter and he says, don't be a Christian and have respect to persons. You can't do both things. They don't go hand in hand. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor, James says. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin. This is the verse that that really got me thinking about this sermon. This has been on my mind for, uh, for several weeks now and as I've pondered uh, this passage and I think that we're guilty of this 
The Bible tells us that if we look on people and we see the things that they have, and we see that they're a rich person, we see that they, that they have possessions, that they're dressed nicely, that they wear nice things, and we're partial to those people over somebody who may not be dressed as nice or, or drive as nice of a car or have as nice of things, then, then we've committed sin. The Bible says, and, and James tells us in the first verse, that, that we can't both be a Christian and have respect of persons. And I, and I believe that we're guilty of this. You know, what, what, what happens is we have that, that perfect young couple. They're, they're a nice-looking couple, and they've got two little kids, and they've just moved to town, and we go, man, we need to invite them to church. They'd be perfect. But we don't ever think about that when, when we see somebody poor, do we? Man, we need to invite them to church. That would be great. And I'm, I'm very guilty of this myself. I'm very guilty of thinking, looking at someone who's dressed nice, who, who has things, who has nice toys, and I say, man, I need, we need to invite them to church. And what I, what I hadn't realized until recently is that, that I've committed sin in doing that. I, I'm a respecter of persons in doing that. There's a very profound verse in this passage. And it's in verse number 5. It says, Hearken, my beloved, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith? In other words, we've got a much better chance spreading the gospel to somebody who's not rich. We've got a much better chance with somebody accepting the faith of Christ if we go to somebody who's not dressed in nice apparel and wearing the gold ring and looking like they have everything together. This can cause us to sin. This is one of the perils of the rich. And it has nothing to do with the amount of money that you and I have. And all about how much money the people around us have. I tell you, money is a dangerous thing. Being rich is a dangerous thing. Because it has nothing to do necessarily in this instance with what we have and all about what somebody else has. And it can still cause you to commit sin. The second peril that the rich face are, are simply those who are rich and those who have abundance. When I think about maybe am I rich and I think no, I'm not rich, but if I ask the question do I have an abundance, then the answer in my mind is always clearly yes, I, I have an abundance of things. And in Luke chapter 12, we read a, a parable of a man here who has an abundance of possessions. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Uh, Jesus speaking, For a man's life consisteth not of the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, And here's the parable, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no more room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be married. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You may get several things out of this parable. 
one of the first ways in the way which I was, when I was taking notes, the way that I remembered this parable and the problems that being rich or having an abundance brings is it simply just causes us to focus less on our own soul. Based off how much stuff we have and the abundance of the things that we have, the, the amount of opportunity that we have, or maybe it's even how much money we have, it, it causes us to focus less on our own soul. And it's what it did for this man here, for this rich man. And, and we have no idea how much money the man had. We can assume he had, he had a lot of money. I don't know. The Bible doesn't mention it. It just tells us that he had great possessions. He had a lot of things. He had an abundance. He had a very... Uh, Profitable business, I guess you say. He had good crops. And that's when I begin to look at my life. And I, and I look at that, you know, we have three cars sitting outside. But we've got a nice house. And we're remodeling that house. And we've spent a lot of money going into that house. We've got money in our bank account. We've, we've got jobs that we can go to. And I, I see myself now in this rich man here. This man that had abundance. And it wasn't necessarily that he was so focused on getting more and more and more. When we think about rich people, we, we often think, oh, they, they just got to have more and more and more. And that's true of some of them. But this wasn't a man. It, the Bible wasn't telling us he was just needing more. He, he simply had a lot of assets and he tried to build a barn to put them in. And what happened was he wound up not worrying about his soul. The Bible tells us in verse 21, So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. What this means is that, the, that Jesus, in telling this parable, he wouldn't have cared how much this man had. He could have had all the money in the world, all the assets and all the abundance in the world, but it says he wasn't rich towards God. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. God wants us, or Jesus, or both, want us to be rich towards God. And here's where the, the parable the second peril of the rich lies is that oftentimes we have so much in life, and, and I find this even within myself, who in America may not be considered rich. I've got so much going on in my life that it can cause me to lose focus. I've got so many uh, responsibilities in life that it's a peril, it's a danger that I lose focus on my soul. And then the third one, and I would say the most dangerous and, and the most perilous of the three that we'll talk about and the final one that we'll talk about this morning is if you desire to be rich. The Bible talks about dangers that come from the rich, the dangers that come from those who have a lot of possessions and many great things, and, and they're dangerous. The Bible tells us about those parables where when we're around rich people, how we can be caught in them, but none are as dangerous as those who desire to be rich. And we'll read this and we'll spend quite a bit of time now here in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And in verse number 9, we, we get a very important clue into what it means, the definition of the rich that is given here. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Well, that sounds, that sounds scary to me. Sounds dangerous to me. And it's important that we understand this phrase right here. 
but they that will be rich. And, and this isn't talking about those who are going to be rich in the future. So young people, don't worry. You may end up being rich. And this isn't necessarily meaning that it, the amount of money you end up with in life. What this phrase here means is those that desire to be rich. Those that spend their time working towards being rich. Those that spend their time thinking about becoming rich. And lusting after those riches and that money. <clears throat> and we can sit back and go, well, that's not me. I, I, just, I, don't, I don't worry about that. I'm not worried about being a rich man. Yet if I'm honest with myself and if I look at my own life, I, I often think, well, man, if we had a little more money, this would just be an easier problem to deal with. Well, if I just had, if I just had some more money, I could, these problems would just, they'd just smooth right over. Tell you, remodeling a house ain't funny, and if, it ain't fun. And if I had a lot more money, it'd probably be easier, wouldn't it? The scriptures tell us that, that those who desire to be rich, those that desire to have more, that desire to have more money, they fall into temptation and a snare. And he goes on in verse number 10, uh, uh, probably the more popular verse here, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. And as we skip down to verse 17, we have a, a, a commandment here. Charge them that are rich in this world. And why? Charge them. Keep them accountable. Help them. Watch out for them. Challenge them. If not, they, they become high-minded. They, they trust in these uncertain riches. The Bible tells us that these are more of the dangers. And in verse 17, it doesn't talk about those who are desiring to be rich. It just talks about those who are rich. <clears throat> Charge them. Contend with them. Help them. Because if not, we, we tend to be high-minded. We tend to tr begin to trust in that money. It's easy for us to trust in the amount of money that we have. To lean on that, uh, we, we've been made that way. It's the way our world works today. That they be not high-minded. Sadly, I feel like we can act this way. And this goes back to James chapter 2. That, that we look at someone who's got much less money than us. And we, there's some part of us that just feels like, oh, we're, we're just better than them. That, that they're lesser than us. And it's simply not true. The Bible says that we need to be careful specifically for that reason. Charge them that are rich. Help them. Challenge them. Test them and, and help them that they be not high-minded or trust in these uncertain riches. The Bible says back in verse number 10 that the love of money is the root of all evil. which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The Bible gives a lot of warnings to us, doesn't it? And there are, there are very few as graphic as this, as serious as this for the Christian today. Don't love money. Don't desire to be rich. You're going to fall into temptation. You're going to fall in the snare. Foolish and hurtful lust, destruction and perdition. Erring from the faith, pierced through with many sorrows. And then we, we turn around and we go, boy, it'd still be good if I had more money. It's a danger, it's a peril, which the scriptures 
talk about, but luckily the Bible tells us what to do. This is difficult. In the world that we live in today, we see many people who are rich beyond imagination. While, while I consider us all here today to be rich, we, we see people who are, who are rich beyond comparison to that. And I think we can look at verse number 17 from the opposite angle and, and see some of this admonition that the scriptures tell us here. Charge them that are rich that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. And it says, but, but instead of, of trusting in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Charge them that are rich that they do good. Charge them that are rich that they be rich in good works. Charge them that are rich that they be ready to distribute and willing to communicate. Laying up for store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. The Bible tells us what to do if we're rich. The Bible, the Bible tells you what you need to do today. What you need to make a priority in your life. That you do good. That you do good works. In other words, the rules don't change. That's what we see in America today. We see the ultra wealthy and the rules don't apply to them, do they? Or they don't think that the rules apply to them. What, what First Timothy is trying to tell us, the rules still apply to you. You know what? You're, you're rich. Continue to be good. Uh, uh, that you be in good works. That you be rich in good works. Excuse me. Continue to be ready to distribute of what you have. Be ready to distribute that to others and to help others as well. Notice that none of the admonition was to get rid of what you have so that you're not considered rich. Notice that none of the admonition was uh, that you need to be poor. That you've got to be poor if you want to go to heaven. The Bible says nothing about that. Rather, in 19, it, it talks about a mindset. In verse number 19, it tells us about a lifestyle that we have to have. Laying up, for store, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come. You know what God expects of every rich person in the world? And the rich people, we, we, we gather up things and we build money in, in the bank account and in our investments, and, and, and our cars in the garage, or whatever it may be. But the Bible says that we need to be laying up a foundation uh, against the time to come. We need to be building up a good foundation of the Scriptures in our own life. And God doesn't care how much money we have. That's what he's looking at. This is what happened to the rich man in Luke chapter 12. He, he got so worried about the things that he had that he wasn't building this foundation in his own life. He wasn't ready to distribute. And I ask you this morning, are, are you ready to distribute? Are you ready to help? And as we talk about that, I, I ask the question as we begin to wrap up, are you a good steward? First Timothy chapter 6, earlier on there in that same chapter, right before uh, it says... Uh, Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. It says, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. I read this to help us to remember that the things that we have in this life are not ours. That, that we're simply a steward 
of the assets and of the abundance and of the possessions that we own here for a short time in this life. And we often forget that, don't we? 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10 says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, this verse may not be exactly or specifically talking about money, about your finances, but I think it applies all the same. We're expected to be good stewards of what we have. And I think there's some different expectations for the rich and for the poor. That if you have an abundance in life and if you have a lot and if you consider yourself rich and more specifically if the Bible considers you a rich man today, you're expected to distribute. You're expected to be a good steward of that, to spend that, that money wisely and to give that money wisely. And this makes me think about this poor widow that we see in Mark chapter 12. And it's important, and, and the first couple verses don't necessarily talk about the poor widow, the first verse. But I think it's important what Jesus sat and what Jesus saw in verse number 41. It says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more, hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. God's not worried about the amount of money that you have. God's not looking for an amount of money that you're willing to distribute and that you're willing to give and that you're willing to repurpose. Rather, God expects us to be willing to do those things when we see the need. God expects us who are rich to be, to be willing to give, to be ready to give. And he not, he's not necessarily going to look at you more favorably. He, he expects this. I wanted to remind you of, of a couple things as we begin to wrap up our remarks this morning. Maybe you're here today and you're not rich. Maybe you're here today and you're poor. And, and oftentimes, I think the mindset and, and knowing, well, I'm a poor person, it makes you feel bad. It makes you, it makes you feel lesser like we, like we read of uh, earlier in, in 1 Timothy. But, but James told us in verse number 5 of the second chapter, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith? What a blessing that is. To be rich in faith. That's something that is not broad and spread throughout the people who are defined as rich in the scriptures. It's plain and simple. God hath chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith. And for those who are considered to be rich, they that do good, that they be rich in good works and ready to distribute. Finally this morning, one more question. What treasure do you desire? Seems that a lot of the scriptures talking about, and specifically what we talked about today, is about how much you desire. 
where Matthew chapter 6 says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Those that desire to be rich will fall into temptation and a snare, many foolish and hurtful lusts. And I began to ask myself these questions as I was putting this sermon together. How much time do I spend worrying about money? If you're like me, you spend a great deal of time concerned with money and worrying about money, worrying about the bills that are about to come in and worrying about the, the, the home or the car or whatever it is that you have to pay off. And I ask myself, how much time do I spend thinking about the church, about the kingdom? How much time do I spend thinking about my soul, as was the lesson in Luke chapter 12? How much time do I spend thinking about other people's soul in relation to how much time I spend thinking about my money? We get so worried about paying off the phone, about paying off the car, about paying off the house, and we forget to realize that we are rich. That we are rich and we are subject to these perils that the scriptures talk about. And if we're not careful, we can fall in to these perils. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.